0: I'm now streaming live on Facebook. Thank you, Zoom. Good morning, everybody. Let's do a sound check. Testing, testing. One, two, three. It's not unusual for... you to mess up the sound. So let's just uh, do that. Um, You know, there are all these rules when you do a live. And I just find that... um, I don't want to do it. (laughs) There's so many rules, like write notes (laughs) or you know you have to start with a hook and it's got to be a certain way I'm too old for that shit (laughs) too old for it I just feel like I'm too old for it I'm just doing it my way and I thought about that you know that it's stressful for me and you know getting it right and I think it's relevant in that you know this is a, a familiar pressure when it comes to raising kids I gotta get it right and I think you know i gonna enjoy it. i have got to enjoy this. If I'm gonna do this every Wednesday. I'm gonna enjoy it, and this is how I enjoy it. i was <laughs> like, oh my God, adult company. <laughs> I'm gonna. I get to hang. Out. I, I, I was like, told my daughter, um, uh, I, uh, who's waiting for me for nine thirty to take her somewhere, and I said I might go over, and I thought, oh no, you know, I really shouldn't because that's not cool. You know that she. She's waiting for you. So I said, "Okay, I'll be twenty minutes." And I thought to myself, "If I don't ramble on, you know, because Liba can ramble on, but you know, take it or leave it. I'm going to try to be focused, of course, because uh, I do honor your time, value your time. Can I just get a sound check from you guys? Good morning, Becca. You can hear me, and it's clear, like the sound is good, because this um, recording goes to the Motherhood in the Making podcast, which is like a hodgepodge uh, project." Maybe one day I will invest in making it more professional, but at this moment I just drop the recording. I do a little bit of editing, you know, I just slice off the beginning um, and then I put it onto the podcast. So I just want to make sure the sound is good, loud and clear. Thank you, Chaya. Thanks, Becca. Good morning to both of you and uh, to those who are watching me live. Uh, if you have a second, maybe you're like doing something else while you're watching. I'm like, what do I do when I watch a live? Maybe you're just kind of like, hmm, let's see what she talks about. Maybe I'll say, maybe I won't. I don't want to commit. Just say hi, because so I can say hi to you. Uh, today we're going to talk about the number one rule of parenting. Number one, you get this, you got it right. Rule number one, don't leave your kids. Okay, there's another rule. Rule number two, figure out what that really means. Because parenting is not a prison. It's not a prison. And this became very evident to me yesterday. I have two stories that I'd like to share. One about parenting being a prison, and one about um, not leaving your kids. Because I want to answer the, the 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 question here. Wait, what? What do you mean not to leave my kids? You mean I have to like always be with them? You mean I can't leave them? Am I I don't I can't have a life? You're telling me that. that if I leave them, I'm somehow harming them, that I'm failing them, I'm letting them down. Liba, that is like my biggest fear. My biggest fear is that I'm gonna hurt my kids. And it's very possible, you can let me know in the comments. If you're listening to the recording of the podcast, I hope you're a member of the Motherhood in the Making Community and take that extra step. Send me a PM, come in and uh, uh, write in the comments of this live or just make a mental note for yourself, at least you should know for yourself, if you're one of these people who feels particularly um, triggered by this because you yourself were left as a child. Now, interestingly enough, I was speaking to a client yesterday and she's done such amazing work in our, in our work together. Uh, if you're watching the video, I'm not looking at the video just because I'm very tired and I'm trying to focus. And so I'm just, just looking down so I can focus and bringing my attention to my client and reconnecting with this experience that we had together in our work. And she uh, she signed up for a 12-week package, so I actually know how long we've been working together. Our last week uh, is in a couple of weeks, and she has come to this realization and this recognition, which is tremendous, that she was left. It's a hard, um, it's very It's very difficult, it's a very painful um discovery in the self that I was left. It's a discovery, you think it's so obvious, right? Like you think it'd be so obvious. My father left me when I was a kid and you'd think it'd be so obvious that I would know that I'm an abandoned child. But it took me decades, decades, not only to acknowledge it cognitively, but to emotionally understand and integrate that I am a child who was abandoned. And not only was I abandoned because my father left me, but because when I needed a parent, they weren't there. So even my surviving parent wasn't emotionally available to me. So that means that I was left. So you can be in the room with your kid. You can be in the room with your kid and they can feel abandoned. You can leave the house and be miles away and they can feel you right there next to them. And that's what attachment is, my friends. Very often I hear parents referring to attachment and and they get it wrong. It's unfortunate. Because a theory of attachment is a profoundly <laughs> you know, they're theories, right? A theory is an idea. It's a proposal, it's a theory. But let's face it, it is a proven theory. It is proven, it is proven that there is a biological innate need of a human being to seek attachment, to seek proximity to an attachment figure in a state of distress. That means that we feel distress, whether you're from the cradle to the grave, whether you're a baby or a big girl, you feel distress. I want to, I want to, I want to invite you to sit with that for a moment and I want you to say to yourself, yeah, I get distressed. Do I know what that looks like? Do I know what that feels like? That's really important to know. It's really important to know as an individual and it's really important to know as a parent. And I hope that I can come full circle in my exhaustion in the next 10 minutes and make that connection for you. If not, I'll write it in my book. <laughs> Another topic. Um, do, I, do I know what it feels like to be, to be in distress? What's distressing to us? Being left, being alone. Pain, physical pain is distressing, emotional pain is distressing. This is pretty much how we are wired to avoid pain and pursue pleasure. What is pleasurable to us? Connection. Why? Because it is satisfying. Not only does it feel safe, but it is satisfying to us. So that's human psychology in a nutshell. And why attachment is so important because it identifies this innate mechanism a biological mechanisms mechanism in our brain. Now I've said this before. I'll say it again. I really like animals. I like I like biology. I like nature. Um, just sorry, I'm just thinking about that. Um, the science, you know, nat- natural sciences, biology, and when you look at animals um, or nature in general, not just animals, plants, you see how they are created. You know, you can interpret that however you want. Created, evolved, whatever. How they are in this world and how they are their biology reflects their needs, right? So, a flower needs to be. Hi, Alana, Good morning. Thanks for saying hi. Um, I feel like honored by your presence. Um, a flower will be. A flower needs to be pollinated to survive. It will it is in a symbiotic relationship with a bee. a bee has a certain type of vision it has been biologically wired with a certain type of vision to perceive the color of a flower so that it will um, so that it will uh, drink from the nectar of that flower and then in so doing collect the pollen and bring it to another flower and you see how there's this relationship and how every, Part of this relationship is wired in a way biologically for the survival and the continuation of that, and humans are no different because we're part of nature too. We are part of this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, you know, uh, uh, creation. Um, we are part of something very big and beautiful, and this is how we are. This is how we work with attachment, and so rule number one. Don't leave your kids. And I'm not saying that you have to be with them all the time. It's the opposite. I'm saying is to know when you can leave and to know when you need to stay. And the way you do that is, first and foremost, identifying distress. Know what your kid is, looks like in distress. And I hear this a lot when parents, they come to me and they say, my kid is, is pissing the shit out of me. I want to abandon this kid. And they, by the time they come to me for help, they have already abandoned their kid. They are still there, they're still present, they're still taking care of their kid, they're still put a roof over the kid's head, they feed their kid, but emotionally they have thrown up their hands. And not forever, not for good, but it is enough for me to leave me alone. Consistently, you know, depending on your kid's age, depending on circumstances, there are a lot of variables, how it will affect your kid. So don't go drawing conclusions about how you've hurt your kid. Don't do that because you don't know. You just don't know. These are the things that you don't know. But what you do know, because Liba's told you, is that you're important to your child and they need you. And they need you because they you guys are in this relationship simply because this is your child, a biological agreement that I will care for you. You made a biological agreement when you brought this human into the world, not shaming you, guilting you, no, it's just the reality. I did it too, <laughs> I did it too. I didn't know I was doing it. I'm gonna speak into the mic. I didn't know I was doing it. But there was a part of me that wanted that. There was a part of me, a biological drive, but there was also an emotional desire for connection. And I have these children and what's very confronting for me is their need of me. And particularly because that need within, that need within them has not been met within me because remember, I am a child who was left and you might've been a child who was left. Now something we do to protect ourselves from that pain, we do lots of things to protect ourselves from that pain. We call that in psychology, defenses. Another way to think about defenses and I, which I prefer are adaptations. We adapt to our circumstances because you know we are very clever. We're very clever creatures. We're not always aware of it. These are unconscious adaptations. Our defenses are unconscious. I'm in awe for this moment. I'm just feeling in awe of the human mind and um, the human human psychology. And I hope you are too. I hope this is inspiring to you that you are uh, inspired by how connected we are, how everything is connected. And that our adaptations are here to protect us they're not bad i know there's this saying like oh you're so defensive like yeah i'm defensive <laughs> i'm human that's what humans do remember we we avoid pain and we pursue pleasure and one thing that we do to avoid pain is that we develop we we don't develop these are already developed these are these are you know you know remember when you're a kid and they're like and you saw a commercial for this amazing Bake, no, the, the bake oven or whatever it was called. What was that thing called? Someone tell me what that was called. The bake, baking oven, I never got one of those toys. Um, um, and then it says, batteries not included. And I was like, damn, batteries not included. <laughs> batteries not included. Batteries included, guys, batteries included. Um, it's a celebration. that we are able to, to adapt because it allows us to survive in our environment. And young children who are vulnerable and dependent on account of their age and ability, have these adaptations and we adapt to our circumstances. And some of the things that we do is that we deny it. We deny that it's even there. We deny our pain, we we deny our needs. And another thing we do is we idealize. We tell ourselves that our parents are amazing because we have to believe that they're amazing because if we know that they're not, then we know that we're alone. And then there it is, that pain, that pain of being left Another thing that we do is that we tell ourselves that I've been left because there's something wrong with me. This is very common. I hear this a lot. And uh, it's something that I work with my clients to get to the bottom of and to iron out so that we can drop the the defense. Uh, We can bring the defense down. And as the client I was speaking about earlier, she's now aware that she's been left. And it's very scary. It's very scary to know, but she has come uh, in her work to be able to recognize that um adaptation she has dropped it down not cognitively emotionally she's she can feel the feeling of being left she can feel the pain now if you're watching my eyes are closed guys i'm just so tired and i need to stay focused if you're in the podcast you don't know this but my eyes are closed right now just because this is a need that i have right now to just close my eyes i'm honoring this need um so i'm totally with you (laughs) i just need to close my eyes for a minute so tired I'm um, so tired. It's not just that I'm tired, it's uh, also that I need to focus, like to focus on, and I'm focusing inward. I bring my attention inward to this because I'm touching on this reality that uh, there's pain within me so that I can express it to you, so I can explain to you what it is. Because this isn't a cognitive idea, ladies and gentlemen. I hope, you know, maybe you share this link with your partner, your brother, your dad, your cousin, your neighbor. Um, it's an emotional experience. And one thing, what we're trying to do with our defenses is protect us from these emotions. And that's unfortunate because what brings us pleasure is emotional connection. And so if we're so busy trying to protect ourselves, we sacrifice ourselves in a way to connection. And that is a terrible loss. It's a terrible loss that eventually, yeah, we we grieve that, we grieve that. I, for example, grieve the loss of opportunity, of possibility that I could have had, right? What I have always said to myself is I could have had it if I were different, if I were better, if I were more agreeable, if I did a better job at taking care of them. If I were No, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works because there's nothing you can do to keep someone around. You can't keep someone around, Um, but here's what we can do. Here's what we are in control of as a parent. And I think I need to finish with this because I wanna honor my daughter's um, need Her request you know her want but also her need here that you know her mom shows up when she says she's going to show up so uh, i'm going to finish with this idea that obviously i lost because i'm tired and when liba does that she loses her ideas you know she digresses Um, but i think i'm saying what I, i want to say about paying attention to your own needs paying attention to your own distress this is where we begin this is where we begin so if you're thinking, when Lita says rule number one, don't leave your kids, if that freaks you out, talk to me. If that doesn't, you know, if that freaks you out and you're thinking, I don't know how to, I don't know how to find a balance. I don't know how to draw the line. I don't know the boundary between being with my kids and separating from my kids, having space for myself and also being available to my kids. If you don't know, then let me know that talk to me because that means that there is something in your own experience of being parented that is getting in the way of you being able to be available for your kids to recognize their needs to identify their distress to be compassionate to their distress as opposed to being triggered by it and um, to being available and attuned and attentive and responsive That's what it means to be with your kids. To not leave your kids means to be emotionally available to them. It doesn't mean you have to be next to them all the time. It doesn't mean you always have to be in the same room. God, put your kid down. In fact, they need that space, but they also need to be recognized when they need connection and proximity. Keeping your kid close doesn't mean physically being close. It means keeping them in your mind so they feel felt, so that when you're not together, they feel themselves being felt by you. They hold on to, on to that. that is, that's what um, John Boldby and his colleagues um, called a mental model, that they have a, a, an idea of you in your mind. All right, so I'm going to leave you guys with the, these ideas to chew on and invite you to comment below. Alana has reminded me that it's called the No Bake Easy Oven. Indeed, thank you very much. My, my mouth salivates. <laughs> I want a no-bake easy oven <laughs> I think they took those off the market because they actually turned out to be very dangerous they got very hot um, I just used a regular oven in the end just used a regular oven so thank you guys for joining me thank you for being here thank you for watching the recording for listening to the recording for being a part of the motherhood and the making community um, feel free to reach out to me if you have a question If you have a comment for the group that you'd like to be heard and seen by a group um, go ahead and drop it below you can send me um, a pm in facebook or you can dm me in um, instagram but i i haven't gotten good at instagram yet on account of almost being 40 Uh, (laughs) but feel free to reach out to me thank you for joining me and uh i'll see you guys in two weeks I won't be here next week because I'll be away camping with my family. But then I'll be uh, back the following week to let you know how that goes and uh, share the lessons of that adventure. Um, So thanks again, and I'll see you guys later. Bye for now.